You know the vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Moments in BJ Armstrong here as always. BJ, how you been? You look forward to Thanksgiving oh, over there in America? Yeah, yeah you, you know what? Uh, say this with great humility. Time to give thanks. Time to give thanks. So it's great. One of my one of my favorite holidays of the year. And uh, so I'm wishing everyone around the world just give thanks. Give thanks, you know, in, in your own way. So uh, it's all good. What about you, Mo? How you doing? How you feeling? I know you've been a little under the weather, you know? Man, listen, I'm, I feel awful, but I got to find a way. I can't let you down. I can't let the people down. And most importantly, I can't let the Brooklyn Nets get away with the catastrophe that they pulled off against the bench of the Philadelphia 76ers. How are you going to pull up in Philly, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and most importantly, Ben Simmons, who scored a bucket and then he's shushing the crowd and then you lose to a Philly team with no Embiid, no Harden, and no Tyrese Maxey. BJ, I could be in a hospital bed and I'd still make it to the podcast today because that is inexcusable. Inexcusable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's tough if you are the Brooklyn Nets from this standpoint. As you know, Mo, it's very hard. And as our listeners know, it's very hard in this league to win. And I had a coach once tell me, he said, don't forget, those guys get paid millions of dollars too to play basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just not as many million as the Brooklyn Nets guys do. But don't forget, hey, don't forget, those guys get paid millions of dollars too to play basketball. And no Joel Embiid, no James Harden, no Tyrese Maxey, and then Tobias Harris gets hurt during the course of the game. Now, you would think that the Brooklyn Nets would have an advantage, especially with KD and Kyrie available and Ben Simmons available. However, that was not the case. Those guys from Philadelphia, give them credit, they came out. They're professional players. And as I like to say, you know what? Nothing's guaranteed in this league. You got to come out and earn it. Now, what I'm really interested to see, Mo. Is when I think their next game, the Philadelphia 76ers, is versus the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. Probably the Charlotte Hornets probably would and should win that game. <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> they should. Now, so that was no doubt about it, a bad loss for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, let's put it into context. And, the starting lineup of the Philadelphia 76ers because of all the injuries. The five starters combine on average for 39.4 points per game. The net starters, 85.2 points per game. We're looking at De'Anthony Melton, Shake Milton, PJ Tucker, who's had a horrible start to the year, Montrezl Harrell, who still hasn't found his role, and of course, Tobias Harris, who you mentioned, got hurt during the game and credit to Doc Rivers. I mean, sometimes I think Doc Rivers is a better coach when he's got a less talented team than when he has all the big names in the lineup. Sometimes. You know, I can't let you say anything about my 
coach of the year. Good pick. friend, <laughs> coach of the year. That's I, 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 I. That's a compliment. When no, I'm, all when jo- I say all that. jokes I say aside, that no, all jokes though. aside. No, it, when you when listen, Mo, you can't win in this league. You can't win. You sh- you sh- you can't even expect to win in this league on a consistent basis if you don't play hard. If you don't defend and you don't share the ball. Okay. Doc Rivers, as a former player, Doc Rivers as a coach, when you give him players that play hard, such as Tony Allen, Rajon Rondo, KG. Paul Pierce, KG, Kendrick Perkins. When you give him players who play hard, I didn't even say how talented they are. I just say give them guys who play hard. Give them tough guys. Mo, I'm not talking about the guys who they score and they hit the charge. I'm talking about Mo, a guy who's going to step in and take a charge. I'm talking about a guy, Mo, who is going to compete on well, that end. Let's look and at play the game. Through. Let's look at the game last night. The Philadelphia 76ers grabbed 20. 20 offensive rebounds compared See, to the Brooklyn Nets four. There's no way now, you win the basketball game giving up 20 extra possessions to the other team. Okay, but I want to say this real quick and then I'm going to let you talk. When your best player at this particular time is Joel Embiid, and he admittedly comes to camp and says, yeah, I'm not in the type of shape I should be in. What do you want me to do? Then you're supposedly your second best player a year ago, James Harden is like, yeah, I'm not in shape, but I, I'm going to get there. Now, he was he better this year? Absolutely. Well, just think about this. Now, I know the easy target. I know what the easy target is. Ima- I just want to imagine KG saying, I've never can even fathom this idea of KG saying, hey, hey uh, I'm not in shape right KG now. KG was never KG thinks he's in shape, shape his whole career. KG thinks he's day. in shape right now. That's to what this I'm day, he's ready to put a KG, uniform. Paul Pierce, they're ready to go right now. I, I don't know if Paul Pierce is still in shape, but I know KG is. Oh, no, 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 no. This is why I love, this is why I love Pete. Because he thinks he's in shape. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see, Paul see, me, may me not be in same. shape. Yeah, Paul <laughs> may not be in shape, <laughs> okay? But he thinks he's in shape. And that, to me, is why I love him. That's what, He is not lacking confidence. That, that's why I love That's Pete. my guy. That's my guy. That's my, I, I love him. I love him. Like, you know, he, he fits into this dysfunctional thing. He, he is my type of guy. Uh-huh. Now, that's what I'm saying. So when you give Doc guys who just give me the effort. Now, we all know, Mo, you and I know, our listeners know, you need talent. And But if your talent isn't working at an optimal level in this league, it's not going to work on a consistent basis. Why? Because you just can't win on talent alone. So to me, this just shows when you give Doc those guys who are just going to give that effort, you grind the game out, you win your fair share of games just on that. You add, add talent to that. Now, Mo, you're talking about some special. Not, not, and that's what it is. And when those guys, that's why I've been saying all along, Tyrese Maxey is the key to the Philadelphia 76ers season. We say this He's every week. <laughs> I know I say it because, because it, 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 
watching from afar, it's just obvious to me. You can't win when your best players aren't in optimum shape because they can't give the second and third efforts that are necessary to win in an NBA game. Mo, it's a 48-minute game. That's a long time to play. Oh, trust me. It's it's longer than anyone can imagine when you're out there on the court. Watching a game <laughs> as a fan is long. Running up and down with these NBA cats. I'll, I'm 28 and I'm too old for that now, BJ. I don't know how these guys are still out here doing it. I'm, I can't do that. I can't do that. But um, let's talk about some other teams around the NBA. A little bit of yes. trade reports slash rumors slash okay. whatever you okay. want to call them. So your Detroit Pistons have been taking yes. calls from inquiring teams on moving Sadiq Bay. What's your really? reaction to that? Well, I'm going to put my GM hat on. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of Sadiq Bay. I want to say that first of all. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. I think he fits the culture of Detroit and what they're doing. And you know what I love about the kid? I love his basketball integrity, meaning I think that kid is a hard worker and he fits any culture in the NBA because he works hard, he can shoot from three, and he gives you maximum effort. And I love it when I see young players and I can say this about them. Whoever they're supposed to be in this league, they're going to be that. Sadiq Bey is going to be the best version of himself in the NBA. He came into this league as a pro. Ultimate respect. Now, I'm going to put my executive hat on and say the following. When I'm getting calls from other teams in this league about a player that I drafted, that means I'm doing my job. Uh-huh. Mo, this is a young kid. Yeah, this he's, isn't like a five or six year BJ, veteran. You, you want to feel old? Do you know what year he was born in? What what year is that? Nineteen ninety nine. See, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> now, what he's twenty? What twenty three? He's twenty three yep. years of age. Yep. So he's twenty three years of age, and he's already gaining traction in this league for the professional that he is. I know it's always shocking the first time you hear your name in trades and all of those things. But this is a really good thing for Sadiq Bey. And this is a really good thing for the, 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 the management or the executives who drafted him because that means they're doing something right. So I, I respect that. Now, let's get to what this really means. The Pistons right now are in an interesting position because Sadiq Bey is in what I would consider in their core group. Right. Just looking at it from afar without knowing anything, just looking at it from afar. And now it comes down to well, what do, what's the value of a player like a Sadiq Bay? Because you know what this triggers to me? This triggers to me that people around the league like him. Yep. If people are calling you about something that you have. I think know, what, what does I, that mean? I, I think as well, they're trying to get him. He's having a little bit of a down year to start this season. He's not been playing to the level that we know he's capable of playing. Maybe he just needs a little bit of time to adjust to this new group and, you know, find his feet this season. But I think other executives around the league have seen that and thought, okay, let's try and cash in now because we see his potential to get back, not only to where he was, but even to surpass the level he was playing at last year. Well, yeah, you, you know, every year is a new year. And you're playing and there's, there's different players and, and things to adjust to. So, but it's one thing, at least when I watch him, 
play. And I just watched him play a couple games out here. I think the game that I was at is the game he got hurt. I think it was versus the Lakers. I think yeah. he sprained his ankle. I think that was the game he sprained his ankle late in that ball game. Is he just plays so hard? When you see young players that play hard, Mo, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, he plays hard, man. He gives you good effort. So I'm not worried about that. I think the one thing, he's probably not shooting it as well as he did probably a year yeah, ago, if you want to compare, but it's only been 15 out. to 20. Yeah. Other than that, I think he's better. But but I will say this. I think unlike last year, this year he's in the scouting report. Mm-hmm. No one's leaving him. I mean, the kid can really – he could really get it going. So, you know, but, but, you know, when you're a shooter, you have periods of adjustment and they've had guys in and out of the lineup. When you look at the Pistons now, um, they had a good win last night there in Denver. They had, you know, literally three starters out and they still, still win a game. So Mo, they feel the requirement of depth with the team. Like Kay Cunningham didn't play. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart didn't play, and Sadiq didn't play, and they still have enough depth to win. So even though their record, I think they've only won like four games this year. Yep. That shows me that they've been competitive. They could have easily won that Sacramento game that you and I talked about. They were very competitive out here in L.A. I think they play Utah tonight, if I remember correctly. So... Sadiq is going to be fine. I mean, this this kid is a worker. You know, he's like one of those kids. Some kids you worry about and you say, man, they've lost their confidence or they don't have it going. He's going to grind Because he out. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, it'll all shake itself up. If, if he was to be moved on uh, from Detroit in, in a trade, do you have a team that you think he would thrive on? Which team would he most excel on around the NBA right now? Well, I, I think he is I think he is a very quality rotational player. Mo, I think he's a really good player. You know, he reminds me of player, you know, I I I I have a, you know, I'm very fond of like excellent, like what I consider star role players. You know, Bobby Porter's to me is a star role player now. Yeah, he's a star. He stars in his role. In his role. Mm-hmm. He stars in his role. You know what I mean? Like Bobby Porter's to me. Sadiq Bey is going to be Bobby Portis. He's going to star in his role. Now, the reason I say that is because he can shoot. He's got a terrific, he's got terrific size, right? I mean, he's he's got nice size, he's got girth to him. He's <laughs> a tough kid. He gives you maximum eff- effort on the defensive end. Okay, he may not be the fastest guy. He may not jump the highest, but he knows how to play. And I think he will be even better as he plays with better players because he can knock down the open shot. He can really shoot it. So I think Sadi is a star in his role. I think he is a championship caliber player, right? Mo, I don't say that a lot, but when I see a championship caliber player, I go, oh, okay. I put a circle around him because you watch Bobby Portis. When you think of the Milwaukee Bucks, Bobby Portis may not be the first, second, or third guy you think, but at the end of the series, you'll be like, this guy has 15, 20 points in key moments. Uh-huh. And he's he's a star in his role and he plays in big moments. Well, one organization that was big fans of Sadiq Bay when he was coming out of college was the Golden State Warriors. How be. would you like that fit? That. Because they've got a lot of young pieces that could easily like, be traded over there listen, to Detroit, who would gladly accept you know, that. you know, you know, you you know, I could see Sadiq Bay fitting in short term better than Kaminga. 
Yeah. Kaminga is still very raw. Because, because Steve Kerr values shooting, and you have to shoot with that group. Kaminga is more of a slasher and all of those things. So I could see that. I mean, this kid, Sadiq Bay is a really, really good player. He's a terrific draft draft choice and, and pickup by the Detroit Pistons. If I remember, he was like all NBA, all not all NBA, all rookie team, right? Like he was like first or second yeah. team. Uh, he was the 19th pick like overall that. in the draft. And then um, I think he was first team all rookie. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. That's 2021. So that that I think that's that's a that's a terrific terrific draft choice by the Pistons, and he's a good player. He is a listen. He's a really good player. He could fit in with the Celtics. You know, I could see him being like a Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where he put it like this: Sadiq Bay can make that corner three. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. he could now he could do that. So. I, I, he's a good player. I'm the Pistons. What do you want to do? I, I drafted a good player. Th- that's that's how I look at. It. So you know, I want to give you know, give the management, give the give their give their staff credit. And now you got to figure out what's best for the organization. But I, I I'm a Sadiq Bay fan for sure. Well, speaking of players on the move, there was apparently a trade that got rejected earlier today. The Atlanta Hawks tried to trade John Collins to the Utah Jazz for Laurie Markkinen. And the Jazz rebuffed their interest in the MVP for them so far this season. Markkinen having, of course, one of the best seasons we've seen of his career. Not one of the best seasons of his career. He's playing great. It feels like, I was saying this in a Discord earlier. If you guys want to join the Discord, the link's in the description. But I was saying in a Discord... It feels like whoever's playing power forward for the Atlanta Hawks is just permanently on the trade market. Because I remember... Who was that before? Who was that Josh before? Smith. Who, 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 Do you remember Josh Smith? Oh, yeah. Every single offseason, Josh Smith, his name. Not even offseason, all throughout the year. Josh Smith to this team. Josh, Paul Millsap was there. He wasn't really in the trade rumors. But that Josh Smith was con- constantly in trade rumors. Now John Collins is constantly in trade rumors. Whoever's playing power forward for the Hawks, I feel for you. But I think it was common sense for the Jazz to turn down that offer. But what do you make of the uh, the Hawks trying to get rid of John Collins after paying him $125 million? Well, when they acquired, what's, what's the kid they acquired from uh, from San Antonio Spurs? Um, Deontay Murray. Deontay Murray. When they acquired Deontay Murray... I looked at their roster and I looked at their books and I said, oh, Deontay Murray is, you know, he's, if he's not a max player, he's near the max. Okay. When you trade for a player like a Deontay Murray, you're not trading for him to figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you are committed to Deontay Murray. So that lets me know without letting me know that they are committed to Deontay Murray mm-hmm. long-term. Yeah. Trey Young is already there. And now it's, it's to me, it's just, this is just, this, is a, this isn't a, a trade. If they are trying to trade them, let's say the rumors are true. They know that they have to commit to Deontay Murray. That's just what it is. So that means 
either you're going to play Clint Capella or trade Clint Capella, which I'm going to look like Clint Capella fits for them. Why? Because they're best player or one of their best players is not really a defensive player. You're going to need a shot blocker behind him. Clint Capella, Clint Capella is a shot blocker and he plays vertical basketball. So that fits with their guards. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, now, so what, so what I'm saying real quick is I think they're going to have to explore moving John Collins just for their, for their finances, for the way their books look. Yeah, because and I and I think Deshante's contract just, is a bargain right now. He's on sixteen million dollars a season right now. Well, th- th- that's what I'm saying. So th- that listen, that just tri- that's all this triggers for me. This isn't a knock against John Collins. Now, I think I players like John Collins in today's game, I really value him. I value him in any era because he's an athletic kid. He can play vertical basketball. He can get up and down the court. He's improved his, you know, shooting from the perimeter. He does a lot of good things on the court. Mm-hmm. However, now that Deontay's there, you got, you, 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 he looks like he's playing at a very high level, Deontay Murray. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's letting me know that that's on the books at whatever number he's supposed to be at, somewhere near the max, if not the max. Because you're not going to trade for Deontay Murray and let the guy walk out of the door. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You're not going to do that. So it only makes sense for John Collins to be on on the trading block because of economically, you're, you know, they got to figure that out as far as building a team. You know, they just signed DeAndre Hunter, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? they've got they him under contract now. He's he's been making 20 million, 21 million, 23 million, okay. 24 up until 2027. Okay. Deontay Murray is going to get more than $20 million a year. Okay. So someone's going to get a really good player in John Collins. Mm-hmm. He's a really one year, he averaged over 20 points. One year. I, I can't remember which year that was, but he averaged over 20. He was like a 20 and 10 guy for one yep. for one season. Okay. So now it's a matter of someone saying, John, we're going to come here and you now you got a home. And someone's going to get a really good player. So I would be on the lookout to see where this young man lands because he's one of those players like Laurie Marketing. Okay, just a year ago, Laurie Marketing was a player that he was drafted in the lottery. We saw that he had some talent, but it didn't just happen. He never really found a home. It really, it never really, you know, when he got to Chicago, they had him playing like the three, right? Mm. Yeah, and, and then he goes to he has to like defer to Zach Levine as well. You know, yeah, he it, it just yeah, and then he goes to Cleveland and. You know what? They played well in Cleveland. You know, he played the four in Cleveland, but he had probably there. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And now he's a stretch five now, and, and he's thriving. I, I just watched him the other night versus the uh, versus the uh, L.A. Clippers. And I'm going to tell you something. This kid, Laurie Marketing right now, I, I you know what? Well, I, I saw him in college, so I can't say I didn't see his talent. I saw him play one night at UCLA. He had like 40 in that game. And I thought, oh, wow, very interesting player, right? Because he's from overseas somewhere, right? He's uh, from abroad. Yeah. And I saw him and I, and I watched him in the, in the, in the, at the time it was a Pac-10 
conference. So I saw him out here in LA and I, and I kind of followed him, but I didn't know what he could be. You know, I knew he was a player. I just didn't know what he was, but what you're seeing is he's a stretch five. Yeah, but he Both. still plays some of the three and some of the four over here. Yeah, yeah. But in, it, in well, Utah. when I say a stretch five, that means you're just a big perimeter player. Yeah. Okay. The guy plays from the perimeter, and you got to run him off the line. Yeah. And if you don't run him off the line, he's good enough and he's skilled enough. Him and Kelly Olynyk together, they're both good enough and skilled enough to take it one, two dribbles and get to the basket and make one or two dribbles, pass it to the corners one or two dribbles and pull up They're skilled players. So those guys playing together, it's a problem. I mean, they took the Clippers right down to the, the final second of the game and, and, and the Utah jazz had a chance to win it. So Laurie marketed right now, well, he's an all-star. I mean, I, I undoubtedly I, he's, he's an all-star, you know, and, and, you know, I was joking around, I was joking with my son who's home now for college for, uh, you know, for the, for the holiday break. And we were both calling him Lori Lori Bird. We were both calling him Lori Bird doing this game for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. He's playing at a very very high level, and he was playing. Uh, God, I don't know. If I'm going. I'm, I'm, I got a brain lock today on names. We were playing against the big kid for the the Clippers. Uh, Zubak, Zubak, and that was a problem. So much of a problem they had to put Nicholas Patoon on Lori Marketing. Uh huh. Um, because he's that skilled. So I want to talk to you about a player who has not been playing skilled basketball and has been struggling this season, but has been in all of the headlines today. And that player is Patrick Beverly. The oh, Lakers wow. and Suns, it's always fun when they match up, whether it's, you know, when they had Andre Drummond imitating LeBron on the sidelines or Jay Crowder doing the salsa dance to the mock LeBron or, you know, Devin Booker pushing Dennis Schroeder out of the air. Well, today, or last night even, we're recording this one today, um, you know, Austin Reeves got blocked by uh, Devin Booker or fouled or however you want to call it. Right, right. And um, out of nowhere, DeAndre Ayan was kind of standing over Austin Reeves and then Patrick Beverly just comes flying in and uh, shoulder barges him to the floor. And right. it was pretty interesting to me. You know, just first of all, I like Patrick Beverly standing up for his teammates. What's interesting is this is the second time that Patrick Beverly has attacked. I don't know if attacked is too strong a word. Pushed or shoved a member of the Phoenix Suns. Remember, he did it against Chris Paul. When Chris okay. Paul was walking off after the game and he pushed him from behind. Okay. What happened back then, I noticed, was none of the teammates jumped in and did anything back to Patrick Beverly. And here, once again, the Phoenix Suns. None of the Phoenix Suns teammates. Yeah, did none of the Phoenix Suns did anything. Here again, he's just pushed DeAndre into the floor. Mikael Bridges comes running over, and then he kind of stands behind a referee a little bit. And everyone else is just kind of looking from a distance and slowly kind of strolling over. BJ, I don't know. I'm not in the NBA. But no matter where I play, if you do that to one of my teammates, I'm pushing you to the floor as well. I don't know if that's just me, and I'm too aggressive when I play. But what's going on with the Phoenix Suns? Why have none of them got each other's backs when it comes to this? Well, I, I want to say this one more here and anywhere. I don't I don't condone violence in the game at all. So 
you know, when you play, sometimes it gets a little testy. And I and I just happened to be watching that game. You know, the the Lakers. It was at Phoenix. AD, by the way. You know, he had another. He, he had a great game. Yeah, yeah, he 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 is playing at a really high level right now. I mean, he had like 37, 38. I don't know what exactly. He had a historic he had stat line. He had 37 yeah. points, he had like 21 20, rebounds, 5 steals, rebounds, and 5 blocks. Five blocks. Five blocks. Okay. You know, and he, and at the end, he said, what up, Mo? He said, what up, Mo, at the end of the game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he, had a, he had a great stat line in a loss. That's what's up. Now, now, here's the thing. There was a lot of chirping going on during that game. Okay. And the big fella was chirping, talking about DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Now, if you look at the play, it was a lot going on. And and, and this is why I love the NBA. Because, you know, we look at stat lines. We look at all of the stuff. You know, you know, who's guarding who, who crossed over who, who dunked on who. But for me, it's always... I always look at like matchups and games within the game. I thought it was interesting last night that coach Monty Williams, he brought in Bismack Biyombo. Now, I, you know, him. I got love for Biz, but he had one of the funniest travels I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, that's that what I'm saying. You know, he, okay, but it, it was, but you know, he brought in Bismack yeah, last night yeah. and he played Bring Biz, some physicality, you know what I mean? Bring a presence. And he, and Bismack did a terrific job last night. He didn't have a great stat line. But the physicality of the game, when the game gets a little dirty, okay, because mm -hmm. that's how this is the NBA. I mean, the referees are going to call the game accordingly. Like if you're a, if you play physical, they're going to say, "Hey, that's how Mo plays. He's not a dirty player. He just yeah, that's know, just Mo's going to check your body parts a little bit. That's how he plays." Pulse. He brought in Bismack to do that last night, yeah. and Bismack did a great job. Bismack really did a great job. Now Anthony Davis played terrific. Anthony Davis scored. But I thought it was funny that as soon as Bismack went out of the game, that that happened. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's it just, and that, that was, so now in saying that, that was my thought. Yeah. However, however, Patrick Beverly, and I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. When your player is down, and someone is standing over your player and talking. Now, what I thought happened, Mo, and you know my dad is a referee, and I'm not criticizing the crew last night, but what I'm saying is things happen so fast. It's easy for me to say it just watching the game. Maybe they were just looking at the chit-chatter that was going on between DeAndre Ayton and Anthony Davis, and forgot that the other kid Reeves was standing there on the ground. I don't yeah. know it because this happened really fast. Yeah, it happened really fast. And who was Aiden talking to? I don't know what he said. Yeah. However, what I think should have happened, and if and and I'm sure the referees know this, but maybe they couldn't get to it because these things happen like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. is they could have got in between to get Reeves because Reeves, if I remember, Devin Booker just blocked his shot. I think yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I don't know what Patrick Beverly from his angle, what he was seeing, but 
if I just saw my guy laying down, I could see that reaction. Yeah. I'm not saying I condone what happened because it was obvious to me that all the other players were going straight at Aiton, the Lakers players. They did, they weren't even concerned with Reeves on the ground. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, Russell came in. Yep. And they were all going towards Aiton. Yep. And that to me is what set up. So look, I, I I wasn't there. If I was there, I could tell you really what happened. But I wish that the ref would have could have got there sooner. And and I'm I'm sure they couldn't have. I mean, you know, because it, it, it all this happened like boom boom. It was like a boom boom play, right? Yeah. But it was, I don't know. I can't say it, but I I I do know that. This is a physical game. And when it gets physical, you have to meet the physicality of the game. And I thought it was really funny as I was watching the game that the moment that Biz went out of the game, mm-hmm. that that occurred. <laughs> yep. you know, because you know, I know everybody knows. smoke with Biz. <laughs> no, you know, everybody knows, right? You know, like, listen, you need those players. If you're, you, you need those PJ Tuckers. You need those guys. The enforcers. The well, you know, I'm not. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying you need those guys. I am. Who, who play the game with a certain physicality, <laughs> and they bring a certain level of toughness to the game. And if any teams need that, I'm still a free agent. Just yeah, but I, I thought it was. I, I you know, but I don't know. I, I can't speak on what happened. It happened quickly. I'm glad no one got hurt. I thought it was a good game by the Phoenix Suns, though. I, I in Phoenix, no Chris Paul. That was a good win for Phoenix with no Chris Cam- Paul. Campaigns to step win, up, you know. But you know, I'm gonna tell you something. Russell has found a home coming off the bench. Russell mm-hmm. has found. Russell has found his space on the floor. You know, I'm happy for him. Every every player is always looking for their space and comfort zone on the floor. AD right now. I mean, wow! I haven't seen this AD, this version of ADs, really since New Orleans. Yeah, I don't know what this. I don't know what this says. Well, actually, the bubble. To be honest, to be fair, the bubble. No. Well, well, well. I, no, I, I mean, he's put together three, four, five games now. He's put together a little string of games. Yeah. He put games. together a string of games now, Mo. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. He- he put together four good games and the Laker fans, as delusional as they are, start calling him the best big man in the NBA. Yeah, Mo, that was big time. That was big time numbers last night. Now, you know what I mean? I, I, that was a big time, Mo. 37, what, 21, five assists and five blocks? No, no, five Mo. steals and five blocks, I think. Oh, five blocks. Okay, Mo. It was big. Mo, that, that's, that's, that's big time. So, I, I, I Good for the big fella. Big fella's rolling right now. Yeah, big fella's rolling. That's right. And we're going to keep rolling with the Hoop Genius podcast. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the show so that you never miss a single episode. We're going to be back tomorrow with more as we bring you everything you need to know from around the NBA. So until then, you guys know the vibes. Get buckets. Get buckets.